today, we're going to talk about a little EV standard put forth by the EPA. We're going to talk about boycotting Disney. And of course, they're out to censor you all on the Self-Evident Podcast. Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got your boy, Mike. You have no Massey. None. Um, Massey's family had some stuff going on today, so they are out. But that's okay. You're stuck with me, and I've got half of the anonymous duo. And that That's what we're going to call you from now on, the anonymous duo. Counts? Okay, cool. Awesome. And you'll never know. You'll never know. But that's okay. Welcome Thank you so much for tuning in to the Self-Evident Podcast. Whether you're on audio, you know, like the Spotify's or the Apple's or the Google Play's or the, the SoundClouds or whatever you're on, your third party, which I, it blows me away that third party podcast apps exist. Because in my world, it's like Spotify or Apple, right? It, it, exactly. I'm getting a what? And if you're on the video platforms like the YouTubes and the Rumbles and uh, whatever else is, you got us. Facebook, they, they still exist. Um, Instagrammies and the, the Twitters that or the X's. That's what it is now. The on the X's. Yes. Even the LinkedIn's. We've, we've got the LinkedIn's going on. Okay. Go to our website, check out the blog. We got some amazing blogs coming out by Andrew going in a apologetics direction, which is sorely needed. And self-evident is kind of sensing we've got an apologetics lane that we're going to be opening up and, and growing, especially because self-evident will be at an youth apologetics conference circuit. And, Massey's going to be talking this this next one. He's actually going to be talking about why would a good God allow suffering? And so often the answers you tend to get from, from the Bible community is, well, it's judgment or we don't know, you know, God is good. So yeah, I think that's going to be awesome for him to be able to actually answer that question in depth with these kids. These kids need it. Um. Go to the website also to get yourself some merch. I got a shirt on. Half of the anonymous duo has a shirt on from self-evident. We're all wearing shirts, obviously. And don't forget my book, Become Forged. If you want a toolkit, if you want a blueprint of how to grow your son into a man, how you, even if you are a grown adult, can start to make steps to really actualize who you are as a man this book is for you. I'm finishing up the workbook. I've got all the workbook written. It honestly is just formatting it into a design for the, the printing, which I got to just take a weekend and do that, and I'll, I'll churn it out. And it's going to be a book and workbook set that either you can run through on your own, you can take a small group through, you and a couple of guys get a breakfast together, do that, do what you need to do, but it is totally written to help you understand what does it mean to be not just a man in this world, this culture, 
but a biblical man, and and how to apply the spiritual side of things to your life. So check it out. If you've bought it and you've read some of it, go ahead and leave a review. Whether on the website, we've got a star system review, go to selfevidenttruth.com, or if you purchased it on Amazon, leave an Amazon review. This helps in the algorithms to help it get in front of other people. And so if you actually care about our stuff, yeah, that's right. I'm going that route. If you actually care, you would leave a review. So, and some of you may end up getting a phone call from uh, what I would call my assistant, who is going to be gathering reviews, feedback, that kind of thing, to launch something that I think I have freedom to do this. Not think, I know. I'm just teasing because if Massey listens to this, he'll be like, think? Of course. Starting in January, I am officially launching what I'm calling a community called The Forged. And there are plenty of programs and, and organizations, businesses directed towards raising up men or how to be a real man, that kind of thing. And God bless all of them. I'm not throwing my hat into the ring because I think they all suck. I, I pull a lot from various avenues and like, ooh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And a lot of times they tend to center on they're very physical or they're very wilderness-oriented or very like pow-pow uh, and punch-punch and or very biblical-based or very, very like in-your-mind mindset-based. And I could be wrong but I don't see a lot of them really wrapping the three parts together really well. The spiritual, the mental, and the physical. And what The Forged is designed to do is to teach and raise up men in these three areas with an even amount of teaching. So you get just as much of the deep spiritual as you do the deep mental or the deep physical. And I want it to be a community where you can come get resources. So one of the plans for this program, this, this online community, there, it is based around the idea of discipleship. So obviously, you'll have yours truly discipling and, and providing content and that kind of thing. But I'm going to be setting up tracks with people who are experts in their fields or people who are extremely experienced and knowledgeable and, and want to disciple in their field. And it'll go as far as, like, maybe you want to be a business owner. So here's a track on how to get started in business ownership, 101. Because so often, what we see are steps 10 to 20. We don't see the first 10 steps. You don't get somebody who sits you down and says, okay, the first thing you're going to do is figure out what is the name of your organization. Then, here, let's go through the logo process. Here's the paperwork you have to file in your state. Here's how much you should, you should expect to have to invest depending on the business. Here's how you get investors. Here's how you get yourself right. Here's how you write a business. All of that stuff tends to get washed out. And so not just that that's all the track will be, but you'll have plenty of tracks. And, and I think I have freedom to say this because I do. I'm going to build a track where Massey himself has a track of how to build a leadership culture. So if you have your church, if you have your corporation, 
you have a new organization and you want to be build a true culture in your company or your church and and a healthy leadership culture massey will have that track and at the end of it you have the opportunity to hire massey to come into your organization or to get more resources from him or connect with him the forged is going to provide everybody a true discipleship model of where we're helping disciple each other and growing each other. And it, it helps connect disciplers with disciples. And so keep an eye out for this in January. I've got a lot of stuff that I'm trying to put together behind the scenes. It's not going to start out massive. It's going to start out smaller and it's going to grow. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do online content, that kind of thing. As I'm building the website and building the community, you will have me available as far as discipleship and mentorship and connection and growth, as well as materials. As well as that, Self-Evident is going to be ramping up some stuff. We're going to be ramping up some curriculums. We're ramping up our apologetics direction. We got a lot going on. So I know this is a long intro to tell you all this stuff, but I wanted to get all of this out there. Keep an eye out for what Self-Evident is doing and for The Forged. So... Are we ready to get into it? We're ready. Okay, number one. The House votes to overturn Biden's EV mandate. I don't know if you have seen this. This caught me, and you'll see why. Okay, this is a quick lesson in how screwed up our system really is. The House just passed a bill, 221 to 197, because, of course, it's basically party lines, that would block an EPA rule. What's that EPA rule? 68% of cars manufactured in the U.S. will be fully electric by 2032. I want you to just stop and think about that. Let that sink in. The EPA, this is a three-letter, bureaucratic organization, unelected officials, they've come up with and instituted a regulation requiring the auto industry, which is 3% of the GDP, mind you, to go against the market. EV sales are dropping. 68% of the market does not want an EV. But what the government is telling the auto industry is you will produce 68% of your product in this lane. This type of product is what you will produce, or else we'll come at you with fines and seizures and, and prison time for your CEOs. CNBC reported that in August 2023, it took about twice as long to sell an EV in the U.S. as it did in the previous January, and gas vehicles are still selling like they need to. Tesla has slashed prices. Lucid has disappointed. Ford has ramped up their hybrid production as opposed to EV. And other automakers have actually abandoned their plans for EV lines. The fact we have to pass a law to stop this regulation is asinine. Think about this. Congress, the legislative branch, who has the, the job, the responsibility to pass legislation, is now having to pass legislation to stop a regulation, which is legislation, 
from an unelected bureaucratic mess. That's how far we are. The Biden administration went to the EPA and said, well, you're under our jurisdiction, so you know what we want? 68% EV by 2032. Nine years. 68% of the market, they want to force to be a certain product type. That's insane to me. Absolutely insane. It should be insane to you too. The EPA should have nowhere near that power over 3% of the GDP in America. You go, well, that's only 3%. Do you understand how massive of an industry that is? Especially with a product that most people don't want. Our grid can't handle that. And there's no way in nine years that our grid could handle 70% of vehicles on the road being EV. Well, the grandfather's in. Yeah, but the plan is ludicrous and illogical, let alone the fact that over 90% of those resources, rare earth minerals, to make those EVs are coming from China. China owns the market. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you think this is a good idea. Anybody? Anybody? No. That's okay. Me either. So keep an eye on this. I, this is ludicrous in my mind. It's absolutely insane. And it shows the insanity of government. There's a Supreme Court ruling, or the Supreme Court is going to hear a case and rule that could remove this type of power and authority from these three-letter agencies. So keep an eye out for that. That would be amazing. If all of a sudden we pointed out, you're not the legislative branch. This regulation is law. You can't do that. And hopefully that's what the Supreme Court's going to say. Number two, Ivy League. Man, they just screwed themselves again. So several Ivy League school heads were brought before Congress. I don't know if you guys saw this hearing. Three Ivy League heads, presidents, which I did you see? Did you see it? Did you see that clip? Three women. The patriarchy must be strong when when Ivy League is represented by three women presidents, right? And one of them was black, so we had 33% representation, which is outsized for the racial makeup of America. So black women, you're doing well. When asked about anti-Semitism on their campuses, they denied the allegation of the hate crime. They said, well, it's, it's, the protests are not a hate crime even if they're calling for genocide. Not a hate crime, because a hate crime would be conduct. Oh, so you're going to tell that to all your conservative speakers that you've suppressed and, and chased off campus? One of those presidents was Penn's Elizabeth McGill, who stated that only when speech becomes conduct should it be considered harassment. Oh, so calling for an entire group's genocide is not harassment, unless you actually do the action. Remember, Harvard, who was also one of the ones sitting at the table, had a rating of abysmal by FIRE's Campus Free Speech Index. Mind you, it was basically a zero. So it's far and away the lowest rating any campus has ever received. And Harvard, Harvard sat at that table and basically said, no, no, it, it, all the, the, 
the genocidal calling for that that's not harassment that's not that's not hate that's just speech but Penn is getting pushback they lost a donation of a hundred million dollars over this situation this single situation it's Ross Stevens, founder and CEO of Stone Ridge Asset Management, is withdrawing a gift of limited partnership units with his company. Not just that, but the Penn board held an emergency meeting after the governor blasted the president's comments, and the board of Penn's Wharton Business School is calling for President Liz McGill to resign. And this Wharton School of Business, the board, extremely influential, extremely powerful, is pointing the finger at going, you screwed up. I hope that everybody who hangs their hat on this whole support the the pro-Palestine down with Israel movement, I hope everybody who hangs their hat gets burned by it. I hope every single one of them, go ahead, make your stand, but know that the consequences are there. And I hope you get burned by it. Because you've pointed the finger, especially at conservatives, for years especially the Trump supporters, and called them anti-Semites, called them Nazis, called them genocidal maniacs. So you threw down the gauntlet, and you put yourself in that position. And now you're going to, with a straight face, support a movement that flat-out calls for the gen supported the actual action of genocide against Israelis. Have we forgotten what happened on October 7th? Have we forgotten that? No. Unless it kind of stands in the way of the narrative that you want to put forward that they're just freedom fighters. So thank you, Market, for punishing Penn. I hope Harvard gets punished as well. Number three, boycott Disney. Hashtag boycott Disney. Go for it. Do it. This grows on X because Elon Musk is a champion. I'm not, I'm not saying he is God's anointed. I'm not saying he's sent to save the world. None of that. I'm not even saying he's a great guy. I've, I've heard all this stuff about him, right? But I love that he does not take crap. I'm... We're not used to that. We're not used... And Trump was one of those... One of the big things about Trump and the whole reason people stuck by him all the way through and continue to stick by him is he doesn't take crap. He doesn't apologize for the accusations that are levied at him. Now, Trump, I don't think, ever really apologizes. And maybe I'm wrong somewhere. But... and And that's... That's something where if, if you want to get into self-evidence position where we have gotten flack is because we've kind of held his feet to the fire and said, like, okay, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. Where's the apology? But it goes forward in pride, right? But Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Vivek, you're noticing people are appreciating that these guys are standing up and they're, they're basically mouthing off to the establishment. They're flying the finger. And people are so sick of the establishment that they don't care too much about 
what's said about the bad parts of the person's character. Why? Because we, it's like the boy who cried wolf. We heard for so many years how evil and awful all these people are, yet the establishment just furthers its narrative and protects their evil and awful people. If the narrative from the establishment was, yeah, those guys are bad and so are our guys, and we're calling all of it out, you'd see a lot more patience with, well, Donald Trump is this or Elon Musk is that. But you forced people into a corner when you decided that anybody who had an anti-establishment voice needed to be suppressed. And that gets into our main topic. So what happened here? Musk called out advertisers for blackmailing the company. X. This includes Disney CEO Bob Iger, who Musk addressed after telling advisors to go F themselves. I'm a Christian. I don't want to use that language. But I'm not going to tell him to stop. Iger is included in a campaign to stop advisors on X because of anti-Semitism. It's so amazing to me that this is the leverage when we're watching it happen in the Middle East. Especially considering all the crap that Disney has been pulled into lately. Musk has pointed out that Disney has not been campaigning to boycott Facebook after lawsuits have popped up against Facebook for allegedly enabling child stuff. You know what I mean. So Disney comes out against X, says, oh, well, you're, you're anti-Semites, how dare you? But turn the other cheek when Facebook is in the middle of lawsuits, which if association is going to tarnish your brand... That would be included in tarnishing your brand. And Disney does not need anything more to tarnish its brand. So uh, I was talking to somebody, and it sounds like Disney is going to actually get rid of Disney Plus and roll it into Hulu. And if that's the case, I was telling this person, it's like it makes perfect sense. Why? Because the name Disney is toxic. It's toxic. Nobody wants it. So get rid of the name, not, not the total brand name, but for all of your content, buy the rest of Hulu, roll all your content into it, get rid of Disney+, Plus, and people will be more likely to watch your stuff because it's not attached to the toxic name. Makes sense. So if that's the case, hashtag boycott Hulu. Just saying. And it gets into a game of... of leverage and influence it's this game of leverage and influence we're going to influence things we're going to we're going to we're going to stop you because of your opinion and that kind of thing and and it's this punch back and forth and i don't mind the punch back and forth what i mind is the subversive manipulative nature of it and the the trying to twist the narrative right why because people are seeking power they want power over each other but if you need power, Energy Ops LLC is the place to go. I hope Massey heard that one. Energy Ops LLC, you can get a hold of them, 843-263-1724. They are out of the Charleston, South Carolina area. Man, I, I, let me read this. We specialize in providing intelligent electrical solutions that revolutionize the way you power your home or business. With our cutting-edge technologies and forward-thinking approach, 
we bring a new level of efficiency, reliability, and sustainability to every project. Faith-filled, God-fearing, family-owned, small business-minded, veteran-owned, conservative, high-value traditions. They want to provide you affordability. They want to provide you high-level work, reliability. They're there for you to help you out. So if you are in Charleston, South Carolina area, if you're here in the Treasure Coast, we're going to be having him come out, and Massey's going to have him do stuff on his house. I just realized the other week, it's like, I got stuff I need done in my house, and I, I started making a list. Like, I use that, not that. We're going to have him come out. So if you are in the Treasure Coast area and you want some work done, the electric work, and you want to support a awesome company, come help them. They are helping us. They're supporting us. It's self-evident. They've, they've put their weight behind us and associated with us. God bless anybody who's willing to associate with us because it's not always, not always fun. It's not always secure, right? It's a little bit risky. Your name is on the line and could come up in the dirt, and they're okay with that because they love us and we love them. So check out Energy Ops LLC. You can go to energyops.us, energyops.us, energyops.us. And if maybe if you want to support, here's something. If maybe if you want to support, but you're not in the area, give him a phone call, pay him for a consultation. He doesn't even know I'm saying this. He'll watch it and be like, what are you talking about, man? Seriously, why not? Pay him for a consultation. Say, I'm thinking about doing this and this and this. Can I pay you 50 bucks? Tell me what you think I should do, what I should look for for an electrician in my local area. Anyways, I'm talking a lot today. I had a lot of coffee at home. And it's it's plowing forward. And I'm like, I don't know what time we're at, but... <laughs> oh, cool. 26? Cool. That gives me like 20 minutes for the main topic. That's perfect. Okay. Federalist and Daily Wire are throwing down the gauntlet. And this is awesome. If you haven't heard about this, you really need to. So little information to kind of fill in the gaps because I don't think everybody's heard about this because definitely the mainstream media is not going to cover it much. CNN is not going to blast all over headlines, Daily Wire sues the government, unless they're going to slant it sideways. There is a company called NewsGuard. If you haven't heard of it, it is not a news website. They rate the reliability of news sites and give them a rating. Just as an example of how completely unbiased, how dedicated to the truth they are, they rated the New York Times perfect. 100%. Must be independent. And just so you know, NewsGuard's largest investor is Publicis Group, the biggest conglomerate of marketing agencies in the world. Marketing agencies. They represent a wide range of government and corporate clients, including Pfizer. So when stories came out about Pfizer's vaccine, NewsGuard, owned by a company that one of their major clients is Pfizer, a marketing company, what do you think they did with news sites who were reporting adverse effects with the Pfizer vaccine? Compared with those companies, those news sites, that were saying, no, it's great, it's good. 
Glory to you. CBS Evening News gets a 10 out of 10, while Tucker Carlson gets a 0 out of 10. I'm not saying Tucker's perfect. CBS ain't. So this organization goes around giving news sites a rating, and they just so happen to give really abysmal, low, don't-trust-this-site ratings to sites like The Daily Wire and The Federalist, who they just so happen to be conservative. I mean, that's totally washed out. And it's so strange how NewsGuard seems to believe that conservative and independent news sites are not trustworthy at all, while things like the New York Times, BuzzFeed, and CNN are. NewsGuard itself states in its revenue model, NewsGuard will license its ratings and nutrition labels, that's what they call their ratings, nutrition labels, to search in social media to, so they're, they're um, licensing to search platforms and social media platforms, including Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Twitter. Also states, this is their second revenue model, part of the revenue model. We are also licensing our white list of legitimate news sites to advertisers, which will cut off revenues to fake news sites. You see what they did there? Oh, we're going to produce a white list site. Inherent in that is, oh, by the way, we'll cut off revenues to, bl- to fake news sites, a.k.a. a blacklist. So they decide who's reliable, who's white list, who's blacklist, and we're going to tell advertisers that. We'll get advertisers to trust us, major advertisers. Oh, well, you know that Daily Wire, they're not trustworthy. It's fake news. And then they cut off the revenue. Funny how that works when an organization is owned by the biggest marketing agency conglomerate in the world. And that just so happens to represent governments and Pfizer you seeing all the pieces clipped? You, you know that meme where the lady's like looking up and there's all the math symbols? Yeah. Huh. It's all adding together. I'm just asking questions. Anyways. So here's where it really gets nasty. The lawsuit actually didn't begin with the state of Texas Federalist and Daily Wire. And NewsGuard isn't the only one being sued. So until now, we've been talking about a private organization, back in October, liberal anti-establishment investigative site Consortium News filed a suit against the United States of America, as well as NewsGuard. Why? Why the U.S. if NewsGuard is a private organization? What does the U.S. have to do with this? Only that the accusation is that NewsGuard is in league with the government for a state-funded intention to label, defame, and stigmatize media organizations that oppose, in quote, oppose or dissent from American foreign and defense policy. If you dissent from American foreign policy, from American policy, we must stop you. Is anybody getting this? Like this, the, the the ramifications of this. I think because we're so used to talking about it, we've been talking about it for years. Oh, the government—they're they're controlling media. CIA back in the seventies, they were buying up. True, but I think we've gotten so used to it that the the news of this—it's actually hopeful. But the reality of what's been coming out with the Twitter files and all of that is the government was 
actively, aggressively promoting and pushing forward one narrative and suppressing the other. Telling companies like Twitter, get rid of that content. Why? It's disinformation. Well, who chose that? We did. Well, who made you the arbiters? We are. If it's against us, it's dis disinformation. Ah, so you're perfect? No, but yes. So Consortium News went after the USA, and the Federalist and Daily Wire are going after the State Department specifically and their Global Engagement Center. You've seen the dots connect. So Consortium goes after the USA. Daily Wire and Federalists and the state of Texas is in this as well. Attorney General what's Ken Paxson. They're going after the State Department. And the State Department had set up a global engagement center. Now remember, the rule of 1984, whatever the name of the organization is, it does the opposite. Global engagement center. So what do you think they're actually doing? The center is a State Department organization dedicated to, and I quote, counteracting foreign state and non-state propaganda. I think people missed that. Not just foreign propaganda, which I'm guessing they don't really care about because they're the global engagement center. So really all they care about is domestic and non-state propaganda. So propaganda that doesn't align with the state is the stuff they want to stop. Any information contrary to the state's information. This is Soviet Union type stuff. This is Nazi party type stuff. This is dictators type stuff. We are going to suppress information that we don't agree with. That isn't good for us. It's been happening in America for hundreds of years. The Alien and Sedition Act by John Adams himself punished journalists, punished pastors for preaching critical sermons against the state punish journalists and newspapers for publishing stuff critical of the state. So it's not like it's just happening today. And there has to be those voices that are pushing against this and exposing it so that we can keep the government in check. Because a government in the... They're like mushrooms. They, in the dark, they feed off crap and they grow. Keep them in the dark, they'll grow. You have to expose them with light. You have to disinfect the government with light. So this lawsuit alleges that the State Department sponsored NewsGuard and the UK-based Global Disinformation Index as censorship enterprises, in quote, while making sure to look after the domestic speech, you know, non-state propaganda, in other words, you're only allowed to give state propaganda. No non-state. Do you hear me? Anonymous, you can only give state propaganda. No non-stuff. Deal? Okay, good. Global Disinformation Index says one of its goals is to defund disinformation. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Uses a dynamic exclusion list. This list determines which companies need to be starved of ad revenue because they've been deemed... And I quote, 
morally reprehensible or lacking redeeming social value. Can you throw up that slide of the, the list? I want you to look at this list. Those riskiest sites lack redeeming social value. Daily Wire looking at you. Zero Hedge looking at you. Federalist looking at you. Ah, but BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed has redeeming moral value. Have you seen some of the articles that came out of BuzzFeed? They're closed now, but, you know. Horrific, awful stuff. Kind of like Cosmopolitan. It's like, what, what are you even publishing anymore for? As a note, and I, wa I want you to hear this because this is ray of light. I, I can't wait for this lawsuit to get rolling, to get things going, because the discovery phase is going to be so awesome. We're going to see so much junk come out of what they were doing, and that's great, and we should plaster it all over the place. The thing is, not just because I want you to listen to this podcast, but I want you to share this podcast and listen to this again to understand the information that's coming out and to do something with it. Share it with people. Point out how despicable it is that our government determines what is truth. The internet was one of the most dangerous inventions for our government, for any government, because all of a sudden you couldn't just buy the force-fed lies that they were giving you. You don't have the major six anymore. You still have them, but they're shells of their former selves. You've got all kinds of independent media going on. And yes, do lies get passed forward and rumors and all that? Yes. But isn't it funny? Oh, we have to protect you from the lies, so just listen to us. It's like Fauci saying he's the science. The same guy who just so happened to allegedly author and, and push forward the scientific experiments that just so happened to break open the virus that just so happened to have government connections with the vaccines that just so happened to not really solve the problem, but we need to force it down everybody's throat anyways. It's, it's so amazing how all these connections work, right? So as a note, a lot of this information was pulled from Matt Taibbi, an amazing journalist. He has been at the forefront. He's been right in the face of the government, pointing it all out. He's been threatened by people in Congress, been threatened by them with jail time, with that, that he's, he's against the state. <sighs> the lawsuit was a result of work by Gabe Kaminsky. There's another name for you. So please support these true journalists who are actually trying to get to the truth of the matter. And as a last point, Taibbi reports, says his own words, in a related observation, it's a little odd that breakthrough investigative reporting is needed to expose public programs like this. Have you thought about that? This is supposedly a public program. But we need investigative journalists to break it forward so that you actually know what's going on. The GEC doesn't publish even a fraction of its contracting award details, and even an inspector general report about agency abuses stunningly left all but three of the 39 GEC contractor names redacted. Three names out of 39 were shown. 
So we have 36. Did you see how slow that math took for me? Uh, 36 names redacted. Another IG report disclosed the on-the-nose detail that GEC lacked internal controls to ensure contractors did not perform inherently governmental functions. Which is great, but the public shouldn't need deep sourcing and or IG reports to see basic budgeting information, like which agencies are being paid how much, and for what by the State Department. Now, I get asked all the time about good journalists. Who's a good journalist? Who should you listen to? Who's, who's doing the real work? I have a very short list. There's more, but these are names that, that when I hear them, I'm like, oh, okay, trustworthy. Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger, Jonathan Turley, Tim Poole, Glenn Greenwald, Gabe Kaminsky. Are they always right? No. But are they looking for the truth? Yes. And that's what you need is you need somebody that you know is at least wanting the truth. And I get it. So many news sites are biased. All of them are. All of us have our swing, our bias, our, our lack of 100% accuracy but there's a difference between okay yeah that was wrong even though that's my side and well I've got to protect that because that was wrong and it's my side I think people's pride gets wrapped up into it oh my side my side wouldn't do that we can't do that because that makes us look less than holy when you leave behind, when you leave behind the pride, and you walk in humility, what you find is you're more reasonable to accepting the truth, even if it hurts. I don't mind hearing about junk and crap that comes out of the conservative side, because I know they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I know there is reason to believe that some of them are not good actors. I want to see George Santos thrown out of Congress. The guy is a grifter. He is a compulsive, manipulative, narcissistic liar. The guy has built a life on a house of lies. I do not want him representing Republicans or conservatives. I do not want him anywhere, anywhere near government. Why? Because he's in it for himself. It's the only reason he's there. The only reason he's there is because he saw how many millions of dollars he could make while making $170,000 in salary. You do the math. I don't want him there because I don't trust him. It does not matter what letter is next to his name. You should be the same way. I want you to actually inspect yourself and say, why do I support the candidates that I do? What are the issues in their character, their principles? Is it just that they say the right things at the right time, or they're promising me money? Or are they actually going to represent the values of America? 
more so as a Christian, are they going to represent your biblical values? If you find that lacking, maybe find another candidate. And if you can't find another candidate because none exists, okay, make a choice. But hold, hold your choice to the fire. Especially if they say they espouse those values. Hold them to the fire. Because if they're lying to others, they'll lie to you. If they're using others, they'll use you. As we ramp up the election process and campaign season, so vital for you to actually do your due diligence and understand who am I voting for. Massey and I have had conversations about Vivek. It's it's cool what he's doing and what he's saying, but Massey's brought up he's he uh, has pulled stuff from Obama's speeches. There's been questions about his his uh, affiliations. Now the the Soros stuff just stop with that, okay? It was a scholarship. Now, where he was financially, you could have that debate with him, and he has had that debate. But stop saying that he's Soros-funded. That was weird. Stop saying he was Soros-funded. It was a scholarship that was offered, that he applied for, that happened to be started by a Soros family member. That's akin to me taking a stimulus check and you saying, ah, you're a Biden supporter because Biden sent out those stimulus checks. No, I'm grabbing my money. It's my money. And Vivek said, opportunity to get money. Why not? I don't blame him. But understand, if he's stealing stuff from other people's speeches and he's not giving credit or whatever, well, that's a mark. And and that needs to be ferreted out. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He has some stuff that conservatives are like, oh, yeah. But look into how he views using government in terms of, say, climate change stuff. I'm not even making a judgment. I'm just saying you need to parse that out for yourself. How does he view the role of government in a person's life? How does he view regulation? How does he view law? How does he view the Constitution? How does he view morality? He know all of that. Don't just say, well, he, he gives the middle finger to the vaccine company, so I love him. Man, there's more to a person than a single issue. Anyways, check out the censorship stuff. It's, it's massive, and we need to support these journalists and what they're doing. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out the website. Get yourself some merch. Don't forget, become forged. Buy yourself a book. Every book purchased... Proceeds go to self-evident. Self-evident gets a cut because they deserve it. So support self-evident. Support the launch of The Forged. If you would like to seed, aka financially seed the launch of The Forged, by all means, reach us. More importantly, because I, I don't want there ever to be a question of conflict of dedication. I'm not saying that to, like, Massey. I'm saying that to you as a listener. Like, oh, you're starting your own thing, and, you know, now you're going to, like, isn't there a conflict there? No, uh, full support of self-evident. 
but here's what I'm going to say more importantly. Self-evident is doing an end-of-the-year budget drive, donation drive. Many of you have probably gotten our end-of-the-year newsletter. If you have not, go to the website and get it or connect with us, and we'll get you a link with an online PDF, or we can mail you a physical copy. That money that we ask for at the end is setting us up to be able to do what we need to do this year forward, 2024. We have a $50,000 ask. And I, I have a big mind. Not, not like, I'm super smart. It's I have an expansive mind of there's a person out there who could, without a blink, write a $50,000 check. Who are you? It's, it's tax write-off. It's end of the year. We're a 501c3. We give you the, the tax write-off. It's official. But who are you that you're ready to pony up and support and put your faith and your resources behind something you believe in? Because we get a lot of people who say, yeah, man, I totally believe in you guys and what you're doing. Amen. I am so thankful for your prayers. We need financial support, too, as we round out this year and we go into the next year. And, and we love you if you don't. Prayers are still coveted. Support's still coveted. We love you whether or not you donate. But I know there are people out there that can cut that check to support. And I'm challenging, saying it's time, guys. It is time for self-evident to march forward. This is not a major ask, especially in the nonprofit world. I'm telling you, when I look at other nonprofits and other organizations, I think we stretch that dollar tenfold more than anybody else. If you looked at our budget, you'd be like, how are you guys doing it? God, <laughs> that's really the only way we're doing it. But we create value out of your dollar. Tenfold increase. And so, pray about donating. Ask us for the newsletter. Thank you so much for paying attention, for, for listening to the podcast, for supporting us. We absolutely love you guys, and we cannot wait to see you. If you're a fan at one of the homeschool conventions, if you're a fan that you're just figuring out about us because of the apologetics circuit, reach out. We can't wait to see you. We love you guys. We hope we give you encouragement and we drive you towards the Lord. So all y'all have a great weekend. I will see you Monday. Love y'all. Take it easy. See ya.